Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this gorgeous Friday night. I'm breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock, 704-570-1110. As always, that's the telephone number. And guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And speaking of which, you know, last night I broke news live on air while it was all going on in real time. And about an hour and a half ago, I broke some more news concerning a shooting involving at least one CMS student, if not two CMS students. So put that out there on Twitter about an hour and a half ago. All right, but we're going to start tonight with Scott Hamilton from the WBT Newsroom. A couple weeks ago, he did a story about potential taxis, Ubers, if you will, that are driverless. And, you know, they're smart taxis. Well, now they're sort of testing the exact same thing going on up at UNC Charlotte. So Scott went up there to go check out the entire situation on what's happening up there at UNCC. So, Scott, first of all, thanks for joining us. Second of all, so how are these different than the potential driverless taxis that will be going up and down South Boulevard and Park Road and everywhere else, if at all? It's, it's a eight-passenger electric van. It's, it's really cool, Brett. It's a small little shuttle, and it doesn't have a driver, but it does have an attendant at all times. And they've got it running laps up at UNC Charlotte until, I want to say, the end of December. And then that's when the school's going to decide if they want to move forward and, and add more of these. But um, it, it's really cool. It runs for, I think, I think it's 8.30 to 11.30. Then it takes a two-hour lunch break so they can recharge it. And then it runs from 1.30, I think, until 5.30. Just making, um, I think, seven stops around campus. Takes about 30 minutes to do a full lap. It's it's just another way of innovating. And you know, they've already got those food delivery robots up there. You see those bouncing all around campus. And I spoke to a couple of people at UNCC and they say, yeah, they want to be the school known for innovation. They want to be the school that's known for trying out new technology. And and right now they are the first ones in North Carolina um, exploring this electric shuttle this driverless shuttle so uh we'll see how that works out i'm the students i'm it, it was kind of funny i was with a group of media and, and we get onto the shuttle and they're it's taking us around and it's making the stops as it usually would and there are actually students out there waiting for it and they would step up and they would see you know all those old people on there with cameras and recorders and stuff so it it, it looks like the students are going to embrace it um, i'm curious to see how it works out Talking with Scott Hamilton from the WBT Newsroom. So, Scott, UNC Charlotte is an engineering school. Were any of these cars built on the campus or any of the designs or any of the creations from UNCC, or are they outsourced? No, it's from outside. The name of the shuttle is Cassie, and it's from a company down in Florida, um, at at Lake Nona, actually, just outside Orlando. Um, It's got some traction in Atlanta, this shuttle, this model shuttle also is running at a park in Cary, North Carolina. It ran a similar program back in the spring. Um, community leaders there said this thing works great. Let's go ahead and institute it. So they've got it running around Cary. But, no, it, it's it's an outside vendor. But what they are doing, though, is they're studying the AI. 
They're studying the results that this thing brings back. It has, uh, and again, I'm no tech genius, but it's able to extract all this information on how it works, and then people at the university have that information, and they can use it for their own research. Scott Hamilton joining us from the WBT Newsroom. So, Scott, if they adopt this program, how many buses or vans will there actually be running? They don't know yet. They don't know yet. Probably just a handful to start, and it wouldn't be until the 2024-2025 school year begins. Um, They can't even give you a a definitive cost at the moment because this thing is still trying to evolve, and they're still trying to figure out how it would work, how often it would work, so on and so forth. But they they do want to look at it. They do want to take the results of this trial these these next few months and then figure out from there. And and what they would do, Brad, is they would – outsource it to this company, pay the company X number of dollars a month to bring these in, service it, man it, uh, be manned by employees for that company. And um, But the details right now, they, they're just not that far down the road. Well, that was going to be my next question about cost effectiveness and everything else, because you still have to have someone on the bus patrolling it just for security reasons, and you still have to charge it. Are they doing this because it will save money from gas-powered buses, or is it because of a smaller carbon footprint or both? I think it's both. And also, I think both. I mean, being able to get students around a little bit, be a little more nimble, a little more agile. And, and it's kind of funny. We're on this thing yesterday, and we probably passed three buses. And you can see the drivers just kind of look at it like, huh, eh, there, there goes another one. And, and, and I asked the guy, the operator, who's actually the, the site coordinator for the entire state of North Carolina, I asked him, how do the drivers react to this? Do you hang out with the drivers? Do they have disdain? Do they look down their noses at you? And he goes, no. He says, they're like anybody else. He says, they're curious how it works. They haven't asked yet, oh, is this going to take my job? But instead, they want to know what it can do to improve moving people around. But Scott, would they really have to be potentially out of work? Couldn't they just go from the gas bus that they're powering, talking about the drivers, to the electric van or vehicle just for security purposes to make sure nothing goes wrong? Would they really be put out of a job, or is this so different that there's no way they can go from one place to the next? Well, yeah, but Brett, the, the skill set's different from turning a wheel and and knowing the nuances and the subtleties of a gas-powered engine to understanding how these 21st century designs work. It's a big difference. The, the operator for this thing, they sit inside um, facing the doors. The doors open on the inside. They sit facing the doors, and they've got this controller in their hands. And it's probably probably 16 inches wide, probably 10 inches long. If, if It's a rectangle, and it has two little joysticks. And everything that they need to do can be operated on those joysticks. Again, there's a redundancy. This thing is self-operating. But if they need to make it stop, if they need to make it turn or have some kind of function, it's all right there on those joysticks. So very different than driving a bus. Scott Hamilton from the WBT Newsroom. I really appreciate you joining us tonight, especially on this just very interesting topic. And the 22nd century is just right around the corner. I appreciate it, Scott. You're the man. Okay, so when we come back, let's talk about what's going on up at Cherokee. You can already gamble, but there might be a lot of other things that you can do in Cherokee and nowhere else in this state. We'll talk about that when we return. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. 
You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110. As always, that's the telephone number to call into the show. And guys, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. I tell you this all the time. You really, really need to follow me on Twitter. Just in the last two days, I've broken two stories. Again, Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so one of the big things that people have been talking about from a political standpoint in North Carolina for the last, uh, I don't know, a few months has been all this casino stuff and live gambling and video poker and live video poker on TV screens and stuff like that where you can sit at a bar and gamble live on what's going on with a TV screen concerning like Kino and stuff like that, right? Well, casinos are a big deal right now. And there's a lot of topic, whether or not they're going to get passed, whether or not they're going to be put in the budget, what's going to happen. Like there's a lot of big things going on with casinos. Well, Cherokee is at the forefront of all this. The Cherokee Casino and the Cherokee Indian Reservation are a part of this. They're at the forefront. Cherokee did not want the Catawba Indians in Kings Mountain having a casino. They fought against it and fought and fought, and Catawba Indians won because that was a big deal, a big chunk being taken away from the Cherokee Indians. You're talking about the Charlotte market, or maybe even potentially like Asheville, some of Asheville, Spartanburg, Greenville. A lot of the areas are going to be driving to, say, Kings Mountain because it's way closer to go there than it is all the way out into the mountains of Cherokee. Because, I mean, from Charlotte, it's a three-hour drive. So if you're in Greensboro, is it faster just to go to Kings Mountain, drive two hours to Kings Mountain, or is it a three-hour drive or whatever it is to, uh, to Cherokee? So Cherokee stands to lose a lot of money. And now that you're opening up more casinos, the Cherokee Reservation, which used to be one of one, and it still sort of is because Kings Mountain's not really even a casino yet. Like, it doesn't really count. And so until they build all their buildings and can have shows and whatever, and they have, like, actual gaming where you can play roulette and poker and like cards and and have a big thing as opposed to things that look just like a warehouse but in terms of Cherokee they're going to be losing a lot of money a lot of money and so what are they going to do to try and offset this massive financial loss because that casino has turned that community around like from being extremely poor to actually now having means And so what are they looking at doing? Potentially making marijuana legal on the reservation. Just, they can do that. They do not need help or approval, I should say, from the North Carolina government and the North Carolina legislature. They can do it. They can say, you know what? You're allowed to smoke pot legally on this particular land. You know what? We can also sell pot 
and marijuana legally on this particular land. You have no control over this land. We can do it. And you know what? They can do it. They can absolutely do it. So yesterday, the Cherokee East Tribe up there had a vote, not binding anything, but basically a litmus test to see which way the wind was blowing. And they asked, are you in favor of selling marijuana and making it legal on our land, on our reservation? And by an overwhelming vote of two to one, they said yes. They said the residents up there said yes, we are in favor of that because they know the casino in two, three, four years from now is in major trouble. And North Carolina is still fighting whether or not they're even going to legalize medical marijuana. Right now, probably not. I would say probably 55% that it does not get legalized and maybe 45% that it does. Maybe it's in a 60-40 type thing. It's probably not going to happen. It could, but probably not going to happen. So that gives Cherokee, once again, a market on everything. They were the only casino in town. You could go there, sports gamble, whatever you wanted to do, legally gamble, spend the night, go see shows. Well, now there's going to be potentially other casinos. So what are they going to corner the market on? Marijuana sales. Other states, you know, we know Colorado, California, and a lot of these other states have legalized marijuana. I think New York is doing that, has done that now. So Cherokee is saying, look, that's what we're going to do, and that's how we're going to make our money. So now you're going to have people coming in from Tennessee and Kentucky and Virginia and the rest of North Carolina and South Carolina and Georgia, because don't forget, part of North Carolina touches the northern part of Georgia. So you're going to have people coming in potentially just to buy marijuana, just to buy it, whether it's the gummies, the cookies, the brownies, or just straight weed, whatever. They're going to have it legalized there. Now, technically, you're not supposed to have it outside the reservation, but hey, how are you going to check? Are you going to stop every single car going out of Cherokee, North Carolina? Of course not. So that's how they're going to plan on making a lot of their money back. Is it going to be anywhere near the casino money? Not even close. But it's going to be a good chunk. And so, yeah, they're looking at it. But now you've got U.S. Congressman Chuck Edwards, who, have, who wants to introduce legislation that would stop federal funding to states and tribes that sell and promote the use of recreational marijuana. I don't think that's going to pass even Congress because you have a lot of congressmen, Republican congressmen, from states that have legalized marijuana and their constituents maybe actually want legalized marijuana, so they're not going to vote for it. You can present it and put that legislation forward all you want. It ain't passing. That is not going to pass. It's not like the old days where they went from, all right, if you don't increase your drinking age from 18 to 21 in the like 84, 85, whenever it was, from 18 to 21, we're going to withhold all your federal funding for roads and stuff like that. That's what they did to blackmail the states. And all the states jumped on board. And then they did the same thing with Martin Luther King Day as a national holiday, as a federal holiday. And I want to say Arizona and some other place were the last states to jump on board and finally accept it. I think it was Arizona. So that's what you do. You threaten to withhold federal funds. This ain't going to pass. Like, like you said, there are too many congressmen from states that allow recreational usage and sales of marijuana. But the Cherokee tribe right now, this is their next move. And it's, it's going to happen. And there's going to be nothing North Carolina can absolutely do about it.
absolutely nothing because they feel like they're backed in a corner with this entire casino business for the budget and what happened with Kings Mountain. They know they're going to lose a big portion of their income. And so how are they going to try and offset it? Marijuana sales. Okay, everyone. So when we come back, let's see what Panthers quarterback Bryce Young has to say about preparing for his very first NFL game this weekend in Atlanta. Right now, though, let's swing on over to the WBT Newsroom with Keith Young. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110 is the number as always. And guys, I tell you this all the time, but follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the whole Charlotte area. Today's Friday. That means the Carolina Panthers begin their 2023 season on Sunday in Atlanta. You're going to be able to watch it on TV and there's a real chance the Carolina Panthers win this game. I mean, it's going to be, I want to say a toss-up, maybe Atlanta's slight favored, but Carolina's got a real chance. And it all comes down to a couple of things. Offensive line, wide receivers, and how well the Panthers stop the run. Is there someone to catch the ball from Bryce Young? Is the offensive line going to protect Bryce Young? Because we haven't seen a good offensive line in Charlotte in a very long time. And then what's going to happen with the defensive line? Can they stop the run? They have major issues the last couple of years stopping the run. Let's see what happens because Atlanta is going to be a run-heavy team. And if they can't stop Bijan Robinson, the rookie out of Texas, then the Panthers are going to have very little hope. But Bryce Young is the starting quarterback. He was the number one overall pick, as you may have heard. Well, he sat down to the media to talk about What's he thinking going into his very first ever NFL game? Week is going to be your first NFL start. I mean, you got to be feeling something. I know you're a cool, calm guy, but it's got to be. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely exciting. Um, it's a blessing um, to be here. Um, so, um, you know, with it around the corner, it's, you know, it's surreal. Um, but at the same time, there's so much, you know, energy and, and focus that just goes into the game plan, goes into trying to, to, to prepare to get ready. Myself, us as a team, um, you know, we're all in that mindset. So, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. And, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a blessing to be in this, this situation. But, um, you know, obviously it's a, you know, it's a results-based business. And, you know, we want to, want to have success. And for us to be able to have that, we have to earn that right. Um, and that's, you know, by locking in, you know, grinding throughout the week, making sure we're focused. So, uh, you know, really all my, my energy has gone to that. Was there a moment for you when you arrived at Carolina that said, I'm ready to be the starter week one? Um, you know, I think it was, I think it's just, just gradual growth. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not a huge, you know, not a huge long-term guy. I try to be where my feet are and, um, I've always just been focused on trying to grow and I know it's not, you know, it's never just straight up. There's going to be ups and downs and, um, but you know, I was just kind of had that, you know, just trying to turn the page on, on, on the good and the bad. And then, you know, try to find ways to grow when I was practicing, you know, whether it's, you know, first got here in rookie mini camp through training camp, um, you know, and then obviously now in season. Um, so I don't ever think there was really a moment. Um, I think it's just, you know, you, you, you have, you know, confidence from, from within and then it, it builds with the coaching staff, uh, my teammates and, you know, the people around me. Um, and, you know, I kind of, you know, I lean on all of them for that. So um, I'm excited to be able to go into to Sunday with the group that I, that I have. You were voted team captain as a rookie. Can you tell us about that moment that you found out and, and what it feels like to have your teammates entrust you with that, that duty? 
Yeah, um, it's it's a real honor. Um, it's something I definitely don't take lightly. Um, you know, it, it it means a lot to to me that um, you know to to be a captain. And you know, I'm super grateful for my teammates um, for just just accepting me and allowing me to, to come in. And this has been a, a great experience for me. Um, you know, I've, it's a great locker room, a great coaching staff, and um, you know, just just you know, again, everyone just accepted me and allowed me to come in and grow, and us to be able to progress um, as a team. So, um, you know, w- with Really, again, it's something that I really take a lot of pride in. It's a huge honor um, for me, and obviously there's responsibility that, that comes with that as well. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for that challenge, and I don't take that lightly, but it's definitely a huge honor. Bryce, do you have, like, a pregame ritual, a pregame meal that you like to do every week or, like, a pregame song or music that you like to listen to? Um, I wouldn't say wouldn't say ritual. Not too much of a not, – not really a superstitious guy, but, um, you know, I, I do try to just have routines. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, no food-wise – just I mean, nothing strict. Uh, obviously, just something that that's clean and is going to you know translate to um, you know obviously no you wouldn't want to you know be you know junk food and stuff before, um, but just just stuff that's clean um, and then um, you know throughout the preseason kind of building routine of you know when starting warm ups when you're starting um, you know each each kind of segment of your warm up stuff like that and um, you know same with kind of same with music not like a same same song not like a same um, same specific playlist uh, but. Same way, it's kind of like the same type of music normally. Um, but again, nothing super strict, but it's all kind of routine based. So, this won't be a cakewalk for you this season. He loves you to death, but he knows there's going to be some moments and struggles, and there won't be a cakewalk. But your career has been pretty much a cakewalk, it feels like. So, how do you handle those situations where it's not a cakewalk? Yeah, um, you know, for me, I definitely wouldn't say uh, my career has, has, has been a cakewalk. I think, you know, again, whatever people look at it from the outside, but, you know, there, there's always ups and downs throughout a season. There's there's highs and lows. Um, you know, there's there's times where, you know, you, you feel great. There's times you feel like there's, you know, there's a bunch of stuff you got to improve on and work on. And, um, you know, I feel like that that's, that's something that has been consistent for me. Obviously, this is a new experience, a new level. There's going to be challenges. And, again, I know everything's not going to go perfect. Um, so, you know, I obviously I can't. Can't, can't predict the highs or lows, um, but obviously I know that you know there, there's going to be ups and downs this year. And um, you know, for me, whatever they are, you know, I'm going to lean on, lean on God, lean on my family, my teammates, uh, my coaches, um, you know, to, to weather that and, and try to still be productive. And, and you know, again, I, I've understood. Again, everything's not going to be, um, everything's not going to be perfect. Um, but you know, again, being able to lean on others and, and still try to push through whatever it may be and, and try to grow from from things that may not go as well. Um, that's kind of the, the approach I'm taking. Bryce, in-game adjustments are so important in the NFL. And, and having played limited snaps in the preseason, is that something you can practice, that communication between this is what I'm seeing to the coaches and, and, and kind of getting that in return? Is that something you can kind of work on? Yeah, um, you know, we definitely, you know, we, we try to emulate it as much as we can in practice. And, you know, whether it's through the week, just having communication from watching things or in practice, hey, you know, this felt like that or, you know, but again there's obviously another level when it's a game and you know you're, you're doing it based off of another player or scheme or something like that or um, again that, that's always going to be another level so um, you know we try to emulate as much as we can but there's certain stuff you know you obviously you can't can't really you can't replicate until until it gets out there so you know again it's something that is going to be a challenge something that we're going to go in and, and go in as a unit as a group um, we're all going to go in together and is that where you kind of lean on that that natural ability that, that you seem to have in terms of processing and, and 
yeah, that, that's what everybody talks about coming coming out of college. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think really with with adjustments, it's not just not just me. It's not just one person. It's really all of us having a conversation. Um, and again, I'm I'm grateful for the the team and coach staff I have, where it's it's not one person. This was going to happen. I saw this, so this is what we're going to do. Everyone listens to each other. Everyone respects each other. So, um, you know, obviously, I'm I'm going to have you know I'll have things I see, whether it's another another player, a coaching staff. We're all going to talk about, it, and then we there's you know it's it's great to be around a group of guys that you know we don't we don't have egos. So it's we're going to figure out whoever idea was, whoever brought it up, if it's not valid, it's cool. It's not valid. If it's something that someone else's idea will use that, whatever it is. Um, so again, I just look at it as kind of a group group thing for us to work together. Um, whoever it is that has an idea, we'll talk about it, figure out what's best, and then you know we'll try to go about it like that. Right. you talk to any other quarterbacks who started as rookies about kind of the particular challenges of being highly drafted rookie, being thrown into this situation? Uh, yeah, you know, I've definitely, um, you know, I've been been grateful to, have, you know, talk to some some other guys, some guys I've I play with, and then um, just just other guys that I've known that have shared experiences from, you know, whether from whether it be from their rookie year or just from their you know their first year playing, and um, you know, just I've gotten gotten wisdom from from other guys and stuff that, you know, I kind of kind of hold hold secrets uh, sacred so um you know it's stuff that I, I i i think about but and i have a lot of respect for a lot of a lot of other guys that have, have gone through this and again um i think you know coach Reich said it's not going to be you know it's not going to be perfect you know um, there's going to be ups and be downs um but you know there's always going to be that that standard and that that level that we want to to strive to and you know when we don't get there um or if things don't go perfect every play um you know we have to turn the page so um you know i'm just trying to do everything i can to prepare throughout the week um and then you know just you know we do all, all that we can throughout the week and then lean on the guys around me uh, on some days. on who, you know, who, who that was that you leaned on? And yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's been a couple of guys. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been, you know, guys like, you know, guys like Mac and um, who, who I've talked to about it, who, um, you know, also in a, in a, in a similar um, situation when he was there. Um, some guys that are, that are older that have, it was, uh, you know, longer and, and a little further back. Um, and, you know, kind of the, the specifics, again, something that I, I, I really kind of, I, I've, I take a lot of stock in because of the respect I have for those guys. So it's kind of something I, I keep sacred. Since Mike brought it up, who is on your playlist right now? <laughs> Um, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of all, all like a little all over, you know, there's like J. Cole, Drake, uh, Nips on there. Um, those are probably like, those are like probably the main guys. There's like some, some blast on there. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people. If I, I can't sit here and name everyone. It's kind of an, there's some, I have some, you know, we all have playlists. Like there's, there's a lot of guys, but I'd say those are probably like the headliners for, for like a pregame type of vibe. So talking about that advice you got from former players, I mean, even people whose careers were as great as Peyton Manning kind of struggled as rookies. What? It, how do you kind of balance that getting ready for Atlanta versus thinking about long-term goals? Yeah, um, I'm really just thinking about Atlanta. Um, you know, I think, again, in the long term, that's going to be up to God, and um, that, that's out of my hands. And, you know, stuff that happens in the long term, and, you know, when you look back, um, at whatever it may be and big picture stuff, it happened because of a accumulation of, of small things and day to day things. Um, so for me, um, I'm there's I'm not thinking about long term. I'm not thinking there's no um, you know there's I'm, I'm not thinking about perspective. I'm not thinking about down the line. It's it's just about it's just about Atlanta. Um, that, that that that's all that matters. And you know whatever happens, you know maybe you know after when it's time to learn, it's time to grow, and you know it'll you know it's time to turn the page. That'll be the case. But um, it's not really a down the line thinking. It, Again, it's, it's just all about all about Sunday. 
I mean, and Coach Wright said they have a they have a revamped defensive line. They kind of haven't shown much in, in uh, preseason. What have you seen from them, or how do you, in preparing for an opponent when you don't have much tape, how do you kind of get ready for them? Yeah, um, you know, we we have to make sure again. It's it's a, it's a really good group. Uh, like I said, you know, limited limited snaps with you know everyone everyone together, and you know, there's obviously going to be you know looks that you know they they probably haven't haven't shown. But again, it still just from from knowing the people and being able to study and whether they were there uh, previously or, or somewhere else. Again, it's a, a really good group. Um, you know. It's you know we have a lot of respect for them, um, and then um, you know we, we really just have to rely on our coaching, rely on our rules. Um, again, there's not a, a bunch of snaps of um, you know everyone all together and exactly what's going to happen. So because of that, you know we have to make sure that we're we're firm on our rules and make sure that we're all on the same page. And you know there's going to be things we're going to have to work through. And again, we it, it's going to be you know they're a really good defense. You know we have a lot of respect for them, um, so we have to be at our best. Um, so we know that um, again, it's making sure we're on the same page, we're communicating, and we're relying on the rules that. That, um, has been instilled in us by the by the coaches since we got here. So you know, I think those are kind of some of the keys when you know there there might be some some question marks or just some newness um, that you know for us to, to navigate. Um, I think, and it's kind of been throughout. I, you know, when the time around the time comes, I think more so than anything, you just I just get anxious to, to be able to get out there and step on the field. You know, around that time, you know, you, you look forward to it and you get get excited and get a little anxious to get there. Um, but I think those are kind of kind of you know the emotions that you know I I felt and you know you feel in those times. But then also you know in that moment, you, you have to put so much focus on on execution and the game plan and you know the the things that you're talking about with the coaches and make sure you're on the same page. So because of that. Um, um, that's kind of where all your energy and focus goes. So it kind of takes away from anything external, external body. And again, we're going to need, you know, it's going to take everything. It's going to take, um, you know, all, you know, myself, everyone to execute at the highest level. And for us to communicate and be on the same page, again, going up against a really good group. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a great challenge for us. So, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we're all locked in and, you know, that's where our mind's at. So there you have it. That's Bryce Young and talking to the media here at Bank of America Stadium. And I always like to give you the entire press conference so you can hear everything. I want you to hear everything. Not a 30-second soundbite, not a 10-second soundbite, not even a 90-second soundbite. I want you to hear this person speak in his entirety so you get a feel for just how educated he is, how smart he is, and also how good he is at answering these questions and that he has a great mind on his shoulders. We'll see if it translates into wins. It did when it was at Alabama playing in the SEC. We'll see if it translates to that inside the NFL. Okay, so when we come back, I'm going to get into my thoughts about the Carolina Panthers heading into the season. What are they going to do? Where are they going to be record-wise? And are they going to make the playoffs? A lot of people think so, and others are picking them to finish last in the division. I'll tell you what I think when we return. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. Just a few more minutes until we send you off into the weekend. 704-570-1110, as always, is the number. And guys, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so look, the Carolina Panthers are on the road this weekend at the Atlanta Falcons. We all know what a train wreck the Panthers have been basically for the last five years, basically ever since their Super Bowl year. And nothing has gone right pretty much ever since. Gone through two coaches, a general manager, seems like 17 presidents, and now things seem to be stable with Scott Fitter as the general manager, Frank Reich as the head coach as they go into Atlanta, a number one overall draft pick that they used on quarterback Bryce Young, traded up to get him, Some people didn't like it. I had no problems with the trade. You had to do it. All that being said, what does that mean for this weekend in Atlanta? Well, odds are they're going to lose. But that's okay because it's the first year. But you know what? There's also a solid chance that they win because it's the Atlanta Falcons. This isn't the Kansas City Chiefs. This isn't the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, the New York Jets. This is a team that's easily beatable. A lot of prognosticators that are either ex-players or ex-front office people, you know, or media types think that Carolina can finish either first, second, third, or fourth. Most have them finishing, you know, second or third. Some do have them finishing fourth behind Tampa Bay. Uh, Most people think that New Orleans is going to win the division just because the offensive line for the Panthers looked so bad in the preseason. Now you hear it's because there was a new scheme and they're trying new things during the preseason, which is when you want to try them. And that's why they look so bad. We'll see. But what also did not look good in the preseason was the run defense. It has to be able to stop the run, specifically this week against the Atlanta Falcons and B. John Robinson, who is an extremely high draft pick, who is probably the best player in the draft, but people generally don't take running backs that high, and the Falcons did anyway. And people think that he might even be Not only just rookie of the year, but he might be the offensive MVP this year because people think that he's going to put up 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in his rookie year. The Carolina Panthers have to be able to prove that they can handle him. If they can and have to make the Falcons throw, Desmond Ritter, he's not wowing anybody. Their their wide receivers aren't wowing anybody. Yeah, they got, you know, Pitts as their tight end who really hasn't done much. He hasn't been a superstar like everyone thought he was going to be. Maybe he turns into a superstar this year. I don't know. But to beat the Atlanta Falcons, you have to be able to slow down and stop B. John Robinson. I don't know if you can stop him, but you at least have to be able to slow him down. And so that's the big thing about the Panthers. Can they stop the run or at least slow it down? And can they protect for Bryce Young on the offensive line? All that being said, the Carolina Panthers are probably a year or two away from really making a big-time playoff run. They can make the playoffs next year, absolutely, but they're going to have to add some pieces on both sides of the offensive and defensive lines. They're going to have to bring in or draft some wide receivers. We'll see what Jonathan Mingo does at wide receiver, the rookie. We'll see what all that happens. 
but this year, I expect the Panthers to win somewhere around eight or nine games. You know, be right there within the playoffs within the last two or three games of the season, be in striking distance of the playoffs. You never know what can happen. You never know what injuries are going to occur. Maybe Derek Carr is, you know, breaks his leg in the third game of the season. God forbid, but maybe it happens. And the next thing you know, the Carolina Panthers jump up and they take that position. I mean, who knows? The winner of this division could actually have a losing record. I don't think that would surprise very many people, but it is a real possibility. And, you know, don't forget, a few years ago, that actually happened. The Carolina Panthers won the division with seven wins, eight losses, and one tie. They actually won the division with a losing record. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened, and it won't be the last time it happens if it happens again this year. But I like where the Carolina Panthers are going. I like the fact that Scott Fitterer, the general manager, is being extremely aggressive. They just have to figure out what's going to happen on the defensive line going forward, the offensive line going forward, and the wide receivers. We'll see what happens, but look, there's a real chance that they go down there and win this weekend. Like, it's it's really pretty much a coin toss. You give the slight edge to Atlanta just because they're not starting a rookie quarterback and they are at home, but don't be surprised if Carolina actually pulls this out because the coaching staff with the Panthers is so good. Very good. You're not going to have the coaching mistakes that's been going on the previous three years. You, this one, this coaching staff should be settled. And if they do make mistakes, there are no excuses. Matt Rule lived on excuses. This, this coaching staff will have no excuses at the quarterback, at the wide receivers, anywhere in terms of preparation and the way they actually do the game. All right, everyone, so that's going to do it for tonight. Have a great weekend. Watch a lot of NFL football. I hope the weather's going to be perfect. I think it's supposed to be nice, really, Saturday and Sunday. So have a great time. Enjoy the football. Get together with your friends. Get some chicken wings. Get some beers. And I'll see you all over again next week. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.